But once again, this is New Year's, you know, and, and New Year's is a time of fresh starts, right? You know, it's a time where we make resolutions because we want to change certain behaviors and we want to improve ourselves. It's a time where we expect change and in hopes that 2023 will be better than 2022. And no doubt, 2023 will be filled with blessings, right? And events that will bring us great joy and happiness. You know, 2023 will be a time where we experience God in new ways. And it's going to, there are certain events that will just be wonderful for us. And that we're going to be joyful and we're going to just thank God that we are able to experience these things. But unfortunately, 2023 will also be a year that will bring disappointments and hurt. And we don't need any help when it comes to dealing with, you know, these wonderful events that uh, await us in 2023. It could be a start of a new relationship. It could be a, um, a promotion in a job. It could be something that you've been waiting for um, for a long time, and it finally happened, and it just brings you a lot of joy, right? And, and it's not like we need a whole lot of help in dealing with those type of things. However, I believe we do need reminders that even though we do face disappointment, we have a God who loves us, and controls all events. And we train for difficult events. I remember when I was at Continental Airlines as a supervisor there, we trained for all of these different scenarios. And one of, you know, the worst ones when I had a full 747 um, full of angry New York passengers that was delayed. We put them on the plane. We had to take them off the plane. We put them on the plane. (laughs) And then they had to sit on the plane and it finally took off. And I'm watching this plane leave and the landing gear is not coming up. When the landing gear should, I'm just watching that plane and I'm going, that plane's coming back. No doubt that plane came back and we had to cancel the flight. Could you imagine 747 full of angry New Yorkers? But thank God we trained for that because we knew that all it takes is one angry passenger to start a riot. And so we were trained for that. But we, uh, I mean, we weren't trained for what happened this past week with Southwest. That was unprecedented. And I know some of you might have been caught up with that because I know people that were. But we train for events that are unexpected, that we know might be difficult. Why? Because when they happen, a lot of times it, it, it affects the way we think. We can't think properly when we're under pressure. And so we've trained for things right now in order to be able to deal with them when they actually happen. And I think that's the same thing with us. You know, when uh, it comes to difficult things in our lives. Well, biblically, we need to be ready for those things. We need to know how to act. We need to know how to think. We need to know how to approach God when these things happen. Because usually when they happen, what do we do? We go into panic mode. And that's what we're going to talk about um, today. And the first point that I want to um, make today is that in 2023, some of us will leave the safety of our comfort zone. Okay, We all have a comfort zone. We all have an area where we feel competent. We all have an area where we know our surroundings that bring us safety and comfort. And we tend to want to operate in those areas, right? 
But then there are times when we are called out of our comfort zone. And in 2023, some of you will be called to leave the safety of your comfort zone. It might be by your choice. You might have a new opportunity somewhere else. Or it might just be thrust upon you. And so if you have your Bibles, can you turn with me to Genesis 12, chapter 1? Genesis 12, chapter 1. And this is the story of Abram. And we see here where it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And so we see here this, and many of you know the story of Abraham, but this is just the very start where God approaches Abraham and said, I want you to leave. I want you to leave everything behind, and I want you to go to a country that I will show you. I want you to leave your comfort zone. And so when we read this from, let's say, a 21st century perspective, we think, okay, so what's so bad about it? Okay, Abraham, I want you to leave the United States. I want you to go to Canada. I want you to go to Australia. I want you to go to England, right? He says, okay, yeah, that's bad, but it's not that, you know, scary. But we have to look at it from Abraham's perspective and the way that they live. When he said, I want you to go from your country, they did not have countries like we have today that were established and had laws right? It wasn't like that. You had fortified cities. There was no rules there. And so um, there was no protection if you were going to a certain place. Like if you went to, let's say, I don't know, England, right? You could go there as a tourist and you could say, well, you know what? Yeah, I I really don't know the customs. I'm not familiar with this place. But you could go there with some sort of um, assurance that things will be safe there. Why? Because it, you know, they have laws and you know that govern their country to protect you. But back then they didn't have that, right? It was just a lot of just tribal families living together, and the family, your country, prov- uh, and your people provided you the protection that you needed. They provided the food that you needed, and so forth. And so God was telling Abraham to leave that. And this would be a dangerous journey because we only see here that God told Abraham, his wife, his nephew, Lot, and maybe his servants to go on this mission. Usually when people traveled, they traveled in large groups and they had soldiers or um, guards that went with them to protect them because it was dangerous back then. It was a lawless state of, of, you know, an environment back then. And that's what God was asking them to leave to leave your father's household, to leave your protection. Any, everything that you, uh, that you experienced that gave you comfort, I am asking you to leave that. I'm asking you to go on a dangerous journey. I'm asking you to go out of your comfort zone. That's what he was asking Abraham to do. But whenever we see God doing that in the Old Testament, what does God say? I am with you. I am with you. And so that's a principle here. Some of you are going to be called out of your comfort zone this year. I have no idea what that will look like. And for the most part, I don't think you do either. But the one thing that you do know is that God is with you. God is with you. And that's important because when you're called out of your comfort zone, if something happens and you start to panic, 
the first thing that we have to remember is that God is with us. That God is with us. That he said he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. Whatever happens to you this year is not a surprise to him. It's not a surprise to him, right? The next thing, some of us will experience loss this year. Some of us will experience loss this year. Turn with me to Job chapter 1, starting with verse 18. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the story of Job, this is a story where we see God in heaven, and all of a sudden Satan comes and has this conversation with God. And um, God, you know, says, Satan, what you've been doing? And Satan goes, well, I've been roaming around the earth. And God says, well, have you seen my servant Job? You know, he's a righteous man. And what does Satan say? Well, the only reason he's righteous, the only reason he serves you, the only reason he even worships you is because you've given him so many things. You've blessed him with so many things. Of course he would worship you. Who wouldn't? You know, if he didn't have those things, he would curse you. So what does God say? Okay. Okay. You could take these things from him then, and we'll see what happens. But you can't take his life, right? And so in verse 18, uh, Job 1, 18, it says, While he was speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. In one fell swoop, Job lost all of his children. But before this, we see Job lost what? His way of living. His uh, cattle, all of his livestock and all of that, they were all destroyed. The people who took care of their livestock, they were all killed. So he lost his business. He lost his livelihood. And then we see now he lost his children. You know, I can't think of a worse experience than for a parent to lose a child. You know, I have been at memorial services where I've seen a parent grieve over a child, and I could still hear the screamings and the wailings in my head. I could still see the mourn, the, the parents mourn over their kid. It, th- those are etched into my mind, you know, because it's such a traumatic experience. And this is what happened to Job. He lost, you know, his children. And I I just can't imagine what that would have uh, been like. It wasn't something that Job even expected. It seemed like this was a wager between God and Satan, and he was a pawn of it. But God is still in control. You know, God allowed this to happen. And why, how would a loving God allow this to happen? But, you know, I believe that Job was a righteous man. And because Job was a righteous man, his children were also righteous. And even though they lost their life, as soon as they lost their life, they were ushered into paradise. And which we know heaven is so much better than um, our experience here on earth. But he lost his children. He lost 
his livelihood. And then we see in verse number, in chapter 2, verse 7, and Satan went out in the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores uh, from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. And then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself as he sat among the ashes. Once again, Satan said, well, the only reason he worships you is because you've given him good health. You take away his health, he's going to curse you. So God said, okay, you could take away his health. You can't kill him. You can't take his um, life, but you could take away his health. So God gave him boils. I don't know if you've had boils before, but I have. You know, they're like pimples that are maybe the size anywhere from about a quarter, and they stick out about maybe a quarter to a half an inch out, and they're all pussy. And I remember going to the nurse at the, um, and they had to take me, and they got the scalpel, and they had to cut them open and squeeze them. I remember the nurses just had to hold me down because it was so painful. But I just had them on this side of my neck and you know chin area. Job had them from head to toe, and he had to scrape them off. You know, I can imagine how painful that was. Some of us are going to experience loss this year. Some of us might experience loss in terms of our health. We may get news that we, we don't want to hear about, you know, our health. You know, that's going to happen. And we've seen that happen here. But once again, if you look at the book of Job, God was with Job this whole time. Even though he lost his livelihood, the unthinkable happened. He lost his children, and he lost his health. God was with him. Which leads Job to this conclusion, that even though he went through these horrible things, he said, God is sovereign and in control of everything. God is sovereign and in control of everything. Now, I know for some of us who have been going through pain and suffering, it may not seem like God is in control, but he is. And this is what Job replied um, in verse 42, chapter 1. It says, And then Job replied to the Lord, I know you can do all things, and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, what is it that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful me, for me to know. And, <clears throat> and for those of you who know the story, at the end, Job finally gets an audience with God, right? And when, and when any of us want this, to say, okay, God, now I want you to explain to me why my livelihood was taken, why my business was destroyed, why my children were killed, and why I was struck down, why I had boils, why my health was taken from me. I want to know why. And so now he finally has this audience. And so what does God do? He goes, well, I want to see, if you think you know so much that you think you could question me, I'm going to ask you all these questions and you answer me. So God started asking Job all of these questions that showed that only God and God knew the answers to. And he asked Job how these things were done. And the answer was these things were only be able to be accomplished by God. And at the end of that conversation, 
Job understands. He said, who is this? God said, who is this who obscures my plans without knowledge? Job understood that compared to God's knowledge, he knew nothing. He knew nothing. So he was not in any place to question God for what was happening in his life. And yes, what was happening in um, Job's life was horrible. It was awful, right? But what does he say? He says, I, meaning Job, spoke of things I don't understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. And what he did, he acknowledged God and God's plans. And he said, God, there's nothing that you plan that can be thwarted. God has a sovereign plan for each one of us. And we know that God is a good God. We know God is a loving God. We know that the Bible says that God causes all things to work together for what? Good for those who love him and been called according to his purpose. So yes, some of you are going to experience loss this year. Some of us are going to experience loss of health. Some of us might experience loss of loved ones. Some of us are going to go through pain and suffering. But It doesn't change the fact that God is loving, that God is good, and that whatever happens, that whatever God allows, it's for good, that good will come out of it. And like Job, Job could not understand what God was doing. He could not understand what God is doing, and he acknowledged that. In Isaiah 55, 8, it, God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my, are my ways, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In times when we go through hurt, when we suffer loss, and it could be very, very painful, we have to remember this. We have to remember Job that Job didn't understand and can't comprehend the will of God, the will of the sovereign God, and neither can we. We will never be able to understand why God does what he does. All we have to do is trust that God is loving and that God is good and that God is with us. And so those are the things you have to remind yourself constantly because when those losses happen, They have a tendency to throw us off balance. But we need to remember these things. That God allows us to go through hardships for a reason. right? Even though we don't understand it, God has a plan for it. And finally, God uses difficult situations to grow our faith in him. In Romans 5.1, the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we are confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our hope of 
salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So once again, you know, the Apostle Paul says that, we, yes, we are going to experience problems, but it's all coming from a loving God who has a plan for these. And what's his plan? His plan is to develop our character. His plan is to grow our faith. So when we go through difficult times, this is what God is trying to do through these things right? And these things happen because there is sin in this world. But God is a sovereign God, and God is in control of everything that happens here. There is nothing that happens on this earth that goes by without his approval. And I know that might be hard, because when we look at evil in this world, we're saying, God, how could you let this happen, right? How could you let this happen? How could you let this happen to me? How could you let this happen to somebody I love? But he does, and he has a plan, and we can't understand it. We just have to trust that, as Paul says, that he loves us dearly, and that whatever he's allowing us to go through, he's got a plan, and he's got a purpose for this, right? And this isn't something that we naturally come to. Um, we no, naturally do not come to this conclusion when you are going through a difficult time. You know, in, in Psalms 90, verse 10, Moses writes this, 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. What Moses is saying here is our life is so short. I mean, how many of us even feel like 2022 was a long year, right? Most of us are sitting here going, what happened to 2022? You know, how come it went so quickly? And this is what Moses is trying to say here, that our life here is really, really short compared to eternity. And so he's saying that we need to ask God for the wisdom to live our, uh, to live our life in a way that we steward what God has given us, the experiences God gives us so we can bring him glory. Because we only have such a short time on this earth to give God glory before we um, depart this earth, right? And that's what Moses is saying, is we need wisdom how to best use our brief life here on earth in order to glorify God. Why? Because God does not waste any opportunity. God knows ultimately our home is not here on earth, that our home is where? In heaven, to be with him for all eternity. That's where our life really starts, right? And we are just preparing for it here on earth. And so he doesn't want to waste any opportunities. And, you know, last week, you know, when my uh, life group came up here to light the Advent candle, we had Chris Rapp share. And he shared about his cancer that he was going through. And we as a life group have been walking through with him. But one thing that has always brought us encouragement is how Chris viewed his cancer. It wasn't, oh, Lord, why is this happening to me? You know, you know, he's praying to God that, God, don't waste my cancer. Don't allow me to waste my cancer. You know, allow, give me the wisdom to use my cancer to bring you glory. You know, we don't hear Chris as saying, you know, why me? 
God, why did this happen to ask? And why did this happen to answer, happen to me? And there were times when we thought that you know it was getting better, and we were praising God for that. And then there were times when we found out that you know it came back again. You know, but through all of this, you know, we didn't hear Chris say, "Why me? Why me?" But we did hear him say, you know, he didn't want God to waste his cancer. Don't allow him to waste it. Allow him to use this to bring, you know, him glory. You know, we talk about store up yourselves, you know, heavenly treasures. And we always talk about that in the material sense, right? Because we say that everything that you have, everything that you own, you can't take it with you. So don't spend all of your time going after these things that you can't take with you that have zero, zero worth you know, in eternity, right? Go after the things, the heavenly treasures that last for all eternity. And so what we've been trying to teach you through that is to steward what God has given you, to use what God has given you in order to bring him glory. Use your material blessings to give God glory. Be generous. Don't rely on those things. Rely on God for your provisions, but you, so because you can't take those things with you. But you know what you also can't, also can't take with you? Illness. Disease. You can't take that with you. Those things are earthbound. Therefore, I believe we should look at those things the same way. One, of these, one day when you're in glory, this, you're not going to have illness. There's not going to be any cancer in heaven, right? Those things remain here. You can't take them with you to heaven. So what does God want us to do? God God wants us to ask him the wisdom on how to best use that to give him glory so we could um, store up for us treasures in heaven. As you use your material things wisely to store up treasures in heaven, the same thing goes with our illnesses. The same thing goes with our losses that we experienced this year. Is how do we steward those things to store up heavenly treasures? Because yes, praise God, I'm not taking cancer with me. But how I deal with it here allows me to what? Store up these heavenly treasures, which I will be able to take with me that will last for all eternity. And so as Chris Rapp shared, you know, he's praying for the wisdom not to waste this opportunity as difficult as it might be to hear those words, to not waste this opportunity to give glory to God. And those are the things I want us to remember as we go into 2023, that there are going to be times of great joy and happiness And praise God, you know, I'm looking forward to rejoicing with you when those things happen. But we also know that there's going to be loss that happens in your life. There's also going to be times when you are taken out of your comfort zone. But we have to realize that regardless, you know, God is with you. We see that over and over and over in the Bible. I am with you. Joshua You're going to take over. You're going to take my people to the promised land. But I am with you. 
Gideon, I'm going to ask you with 300 men to go against over 100,000 soldiers, but I will be with you. God is going to ask us to leave our comfort zone, but we have to remember that he's always with us. But when we go through those difficult times, you know, our prayer should be, God, give me the wisdom to bring glory. Bring you the, uh, give me the wisdom to use my suffering for your glory. So what's our weekly challenge this week? I want us to read Job 42.2 and Romans 5, 1-5 daily. And this is what I'm talking about, training. Training your mind to say, okay, when these difficult times come, what does the Bible say about this? How should I respond to the losses and the hurt that's going to happen in the future? And it's going to come. And this is our training. But every morning... Ask God for wisdom to use your suffering for his glory. I don't know what you're all going through right now, but ask him to use your suffering for his glory. Make Chris's prayer your prayer. God, please don't allow me to waste this cancer. Please allow me to use this cancer for your glory. Right? Let's pray. Worship team. Gracious Heavenly Father, we we thank you so much for your presence in our lives. And and Lord, I thank you in advance for the wonderful events and the blessings that you have in store for us in 2023. And Father, we so look forward to celebrating with each other when we experience those things. And what a joy it'll be when we get to experience your blessings with our brothers and sisters this year. But Father, we also know that some of us will be called to leave our comfort zone. Father, some of us are going to experience loss this year. It could be loss of life. It could be loss of health. Or it could be loss of relationship whatever, Father. Lord, I thank you that through all of this, Scripture is clear that you are with us. And Father, that this is not our home and that whatever suffering we experience is just temporary. It's just a blink of an eye compared to all eternity. But Father, when we go through suffering this year, may our prayer be, God, please give me the wisdom to use my suffering to bring you glory. And right now, some of you might be going through a sense of loss. Or maybe you heard or you received news that you weren't expecting. Remember that God is with you, but I want you to take a few moments. If you can, if you're not there yet, that's okay. But if you're there right now, would you ask God for the wisdom to be able to use your suffering in ways that glorify him?
Father, it's hard when difficult situations cross our path, especially in areas where we didn't expect, areas that bring hurt and suffering in our lives. But Father, we thank you that you are a sovereign God. That as with your interaction with Satan, you only allowed Satan to do certain things to Job and no more. Satan could not do whatever he wanted to Job because he has limits. And you set those limits. And Father, with us, you also set limits. That yes, things happen, but Father, you are in total control. And Father, we come to you today admitting and acknowledging that we don't understand your ways. Yes, your ways are higher than our ways. And we don't understand you. Your ways are too wonderful for us to understand. But Father, we acknowledge that you are a loving God and that you are a good God and that everything that happens to us, you promised that good would come out of that. And so, Lord, we come to you in trust in your promises. We come to trust in your presence in our lives that we will make it through this because of your presence in our lives. And oh Lord, we look forward to the day when we will be with you for all eternity. What a glorious day will that be. But until that day, Father, may you Give us, each one of us, the wisdom to use our pain and our suffering to bring you glory and honor so the world will see how good you are. So the world would see how you can affect people's lives by the way we react to pain and suffering. Father, I look forward to 2023's but most, what I look forward to is the way you're going to grow us spiritually. The way that you're going to allow us to store up treasures in heaven that we may experience your wonderful presence for all eternity. In your son's name I pray, amen. <laughs>